Hello, and welcome to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. Um, the soul of business, you know, what is that? Well, you know, the soul of business, the soul of anything is that spark, that that element, that kernel that gives life to anything that uh, we encounter in, in the universe, actually. I mean, I'll be very broad with that. Um, and the way that we keep connected to the soul of business is through conversation, through yeah. yeah being able to hear that voice, uh, and then speaking here personally about just kind of, you know, the voice inside me, you know, you know, are things quiet enough in my world that I can hear that voice? Because the soul wants to express itself. The soul wants to grow. And that's true for a business as well. Um, and far too often, what I find in my consulting and coaching work is that leaders have sold their souls. And I mean, literally sold the soul of their business in pursuit of a business objective. And that is a slippery slope uh, that we start uh, having a lot of difficulty recovering from. So uh, I mentioned all of that as a preamble here because um, my guest today, Mike Ocker. Uh, okay, let me start that again. It's Acker, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I was going to say Acres. Yeah, it's okay. 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 So my, my guest today, Mike Aker. Uh, is I've gotten to know well. How do I say this? Um, I've gotten to know Mike yeah, very interestingly over the course of about three or four false starts <laughs> as we were trying <laughs> to get the, this program set up here uh, and this episode set up, uh, and that's really been fortuitous because you know Leonard Cohen once wrote a song, um, one of the lyrical pieces that uh, highlighted that the light comes through the cracks in things and. Um, I think that's been a very fortuitous uh, occurrence here in terms of my relationship with Mike, because in the cracks that have appeared as we tried to get this episode set up, I've gotten to know him. And one of the things that I've gotten to know about this man is that he is absolutely um, stellar when it comes to communication. Now, that's part of his bio, and that's part of what we'll talk about here. But more than that, I mean, he's written a book about that, um, Speak With No Fear, but the book itself is only an expression of who, the, uh, who Mike is. And when we're talking about the soul of business, you know, his background, uh, you know, he comes from a missionary background and his, you know, his personal genealogy is, is actually quite interesting. So we'll get into that a little bit here as we go forward as well. So Mike, I want to welcome you to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Blaine. Great to be here with you. Looking forward to sharing with your audience and adding some value to them today in terms of communication and also just bringing more soul into whatever they do, whether it's business, organizational leadership, family life, or personal life. Great, great. Well, you know, I, I'm, you know, in my long rambling introduction here, I mentioned your book, um, Speak With No Fear. Um, one of the things that um, I'm intrigued with is how you got to this. Um, you know, how did you end up writing a book called Speak With No Fear? And I, and I, I recognize that you know, public speaking is, you know, it, it's actually ahead of dying on the list of things that people don't, <laughs> yeah. don't look forward to in life. Uh, yeah. But, you know, what compelled you to write this particular book? Because you've got yeah. four books out. Right. There's a, there's a message inside every single one of us, a recurring theme, something typically that we've lived through and something that people come to us about. So personally, 
I went through a journey of having to conquer all kinds of fears in life. So speaking was one of them. Leadership was another one of them. There's been other areas I've had to overcome that fear. So it's something I had learned, something I had to learn to deal with. And then as I learned how to deal with it, and as I got better in my own communication, and then as I started coaching people, it was one of those areas that people came to me for. They once again would ask me, Mike, how do I get up in front of people and not feel nervous? How do I go out there and, and do what you're doing? How do I speak up in meetings? And so this, this recurring question that came up, I turned into a coaching program. And eventually I was talking with one person and she said she had written a book about an area that was her life was about and, and really challenged me. And so I took that challenge and took this, this message I had lived through and the message I shared with others and put it on a piece of paper. And it's been really cool to see. Honestly, it's been a, a journey more fascinating than I would have thought. I wrote it a little bit over a year ago, about a year and a half ago now. And when I published it, I thought well, this would be great if it helps, you know, a few hundred people. And, and it'll be good for my clients and such. But then it got picked up again and again by different places, including Forbes.com and other places with over 350 reviews now, mostly mostly positive. There are some people <laughs> who have said it's the worst book ever, but mostly positive. But the really cool is when someone reaches out to me from the book, like yesterday, sets up a call with me. And this has happened in the Middle East, in China, in Africa and in Europe and all across the United States. And people talk about how much of an impact it made on their life. And that's just amazing. Amazing to know that you did something that helped someone maybe just for a day or maybe for a year or maybe for a lifetime. So mm -hmm. the, the journey really, it's a message I've lived and it's a message I share again and again with others. Well, you know, as a speaking coach, and that's essentially what, you know, from a professional perspective, what you are primarily engaged with, that, that soul, uh, you know, how do you bring more and more and more and more of that to, to bear here? So the book wouldn't make sense in that regard. Right. Um, <clears throat> how do you, well, from a leadership perspective, I'll, I'll just kind of put this in, in uh, uh, that context, because one of the books that you've also written is Leading Without Fear. Um, right. I've got an answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it of you to see where we can kind of go with this. But you know, what's the um, the linkage that you see between um, speaking with no fear and leading, whether you have fear or not as a leader, but speaking with no fear and leading? Yeah, really, communication and leadership go hand in hand. I mean, you can't do one without the other. A leader needs to communicate to their teams, to their audience, to their clientele, to the public about what they're trying to get across. I mean, you can't be a leader and not communicate. And some of the CEOs that I've worked with over the last year and a half of just really focusing in on this, they've, they've reached this pinnacle of success. There's several that have really reached this really high coveted level of multinational leadership in these mega organizations. And they've come by to me and said, Mike, I've gotten here through my hard work and my just audacity to go for it. But I've realized that I've left behind a lot, which is amazing because these are huge companies, simply because I, I fear communication or I feel reserved in communication. And I know that communication will get me through the next barrier. Now, these are these high level performers. And you've seen this in some of the major communications around the world. <laughs> 
one of the reasons why Steve Jobs was able to build Apple into this mega corporation that it is today is through his communication. Yeah, he had leadership. Yeah, he had ideas. Yeah, he was an artist. I read the bio. Yes, he had all that. But also what he had was his communication. And if you're a leader or you're a high performer and your communication does not match up or exceed your ability to lead and get things done, then you will reach a barrier. Likewise, if you're a communicator but don't have leadership, then you will reach a lid on what you can get across. You, you will become a high achiever, but you'll never multiply yourself. Yeah. So we see this really happens in movies, right? Where in an actor who not only can act or communicate his emotions and the lines, but can also do more and he can lead, those people turn into ones that start producing companies. And those who, who don't have that leadership bone, they might turn into the, the top of their generation, but they're gonna get capped in terms of outcome and in their income in other areas because they can't lead others and reproduce themselves in others. Right, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, Virginia Satir uh, had, a, I, I think, one of the best definitions of communication I've ever uh, come across. And she said, it's simply the ways, plural, the ways that people work out common meaning with one another. Hmm, and yeah, using that as kind of a framing, um, yeah, I'll ask this in work that I do with clients around the world. You know, what, what do they think is the purpose of communication? And they give me all kinds of answers, you know, yeah. connect, with, connect with people, uh, solve problems. I mean, you just fill in the blank. And what I've come to realize is that you can take anything that they say and put it in one big bucket. That bucket is called results. The purpose of any communication is to produce a specific result, whether it's you know, connect or solve a problem or whatever it might be, but it's yeah. this, you know, to have that specific result. The purpose of leadership is exactly the same to produce a result. Mm, that's so, good. you know, when you kind of parse it in that way, you know, communication and leadership essentially are, as you were saying, exactly the same thing. And my effectiveness as a leader will fundamentally come down to my effectiveness as a, you know, as, as a communicator. And yeah. what's interesting yeah. to me about that is uh, most people in my experience, and you know, I've been doing this work for over 40 years now, um, my experience of, with people is that they are accidental communicators. Sure. Uh, they, sure. They, they learn just enough to get by. Uh, <laughs> they got syntax, they got language, they've got vocabulary, they've got grammar. Uh, they may be able to write a cogent uh, and coherent sentence. But in terms of mastery of the process, working out right. common meaning, that's a trick. That's, that's hard work, working out common meaning, especially, and this is, I mean, I'm, I'm struck by what you were talking about uh, these folks that have reached the pinnacle of their careers in some large organizations. And I've worked with a ton of those folks. How do you work out common meaning when you're speaking a language that isn't native to most of the staff, uh, mm -hmm. that uh, you've got different constituencies that have you know, gender uh, orientations, you've got uh, ethnic, you've got, I mean, all, you know, all kinds of different objectives and mindsets. How do you work out common meaning in that kind right. of a uh, universe? It's bloody difficult. It's you really know, it's difficult. so interesting because you're the whole concept, the whole enterprise that you have here is the soul of the business and that there's a soul of the business, right? Well, also there's a soul of the communicator, and so much what, have, what I try to work on with people before just diving into some skills or how to not ramble, which a lot of people come and like, how do I stop rambling? How do I get more concise? And how do I 
communicate and deliver better? Great, all great questions. We can work on all of that. I'm working on my fifth book, which is going to be dealing with a lot of that aspect, this framework for confidence. But it even starts before that with, with who you are as a communicator, your identity as a speaker, your soul as a speaker, and who you are comes across in what you say. And, mm-hmm. and so much of just how to connect with everybody is being attuned with yourself. And so often we, we try to do different trips, ticks and, uh, uh, tips and tricks and, and techniques and, and say these one line and the hope that those external elements will connect with the audience. But first, if you really want to connect with the audience, connect with yourself. Because when you speak, you, your soul, comes through your words. You, you yeah. can't separate the message from the messenger. In fact, you as a speaker are the message. And so knowing who you are then helps people know who you are. The best way for you to connect with the type of audience that you're talking about, multinational, multi-ethnic, multi-gender, multi-background, multi-everything, the best way is not to become multi, but to actually really know who you are and be so comfortable with yourself that people can connect with you. Bingo. And that's what it's about is connection. You know, an old boss of mine, and this goes back a long time, uh, said something to me at one point in time that I've never forgotten. Uh, Who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear a word you're saying. Yeah, And that has always stayed with me. Who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear a word you're saying. So if there's incongruence, yeah, that's going to show up very dramatically. And if there's con- congruence, if, if, if there's alignment between who I am and what I'm speaking, and it's not necessarily about the words, you know, words are just symbols. I, right. I, yeah, I mean, this is not new news to anybody, but the symbols are imbued with meaning. They hold meaning. And we will rely on words oftentimes and forget that there's a whole other body. The leader is the symbol of what it is that he or she wants to have happen out there. And if they're not paying attention to the symbolic structure, you know, they're a field of energy. Yeah. Yeah. What, before I open my mouth, what's being spoken before I open my mouth, what are people getting into? And I want to come back. We're going to take a real quick break here. When I come back, uh, when we come back, I want to spend a little bit of time talking with you about your journey uh, to where you are and how you got to this idea that, you know, communication is the, uh, and I'm not talking about speaking, I'm talking about communicating, is the secret sauce to success. So we'll be right back. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going on to that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52 week long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these solo business podcasts, 
How does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the Leadership Mastermind Program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. Uh, this is Blaine Bartlett. You're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. My guest today, Mike Aker. And before we left, we were you know, talking about leaders as symbols of what it is that they want to have happen in the world. And yeah, Mike was talking about, yeah, it's an inside out process. You got to know yourself, you know, and, we're, and this is in the context of the soul of business. So Mike, you've got an interesting um, story um, that I think it would be really worth sharing here because it informs yeah. a lot of what you do today and how yeah. you do what you do today. So I'm going to just kind of open that up a little bit here and let you kind of speak into that void. <laughs> that I just yeah, created. absolutely. Absolutely. So my, my dad was a drug smuggler. And we're talking planes and boats and all of that kind of way of doing it. And he learned Spanish. So he'd go down to Central America and South America and cut out the middleman, learned how to plane or fly planes so he could do the same thing. Met my, my mom was a very self-interested new ager. So she would have described herself as a white witch, interested in transcendental meditation and astral projection and all those kind of things. So they met fell in love. My mom started journeying with my dad on all his drug smuggling adventures. Uh, he's got quite the stories. And then when I was around three years old, they had a radical conversion from agnosticism and new age to, to Christianity and a very involved way of being Christian. So not just a church tending a Christian, not a political Christian, but very much what, what is this Jesus and what does he do? And they saw his acts of compassion and they went out to do that in the world. So they raised us doing that. So we went to the streets of Seattle. I'm like five years old, streets of Seattle. We're handing out soup. We, we were involved in some HIV care early on. It took us to China and Philippines and Hong Kong and a whole bunch of places. And we did some international relief and then really raised us to, to live this life of outward focus that we're not here for ourselves. This isn't about us getting rich. It's not about us having adventures. It's not us about just whatever we want. It's really about the people around us and how to serve. And, and even as you said, so much of that upbringing comes across in what I do now. It's true. One of the principles in my book, Speak With No Fear, says it's not about you. So often, even as communicators, we get up on stage and we're thinking, what are people thinking about? What are people thinking about me? Who am I? Will they like me? Do they think what I'm saying is good? Are they criticizing me? Do they want to know more about me? And, and the focus so often when we get up in front of people is me, me, me. And this happens as leaders. You know, I want to make more money. I want to advance. I want to build my platform. This happens in so many areas of life that we think about ourselves. And from an early age, my parents taught us to resist just thinking about ourselves. And so we went down to Mexico when I was 11 years old, just turning 11. And we fed the poor in the outskirts in the area that is known for the Sinaloa cartel now. Yeah. And we were involved there. A lot of the 
the people that were out of school, we were able to help get back into school programs. So obviously so much of that became part of my story of how can I then emulate what they do, whether it's in my leadership, whether it's my career choices, whether it's my speaking, my coaching, how can I not make it about myself? How can I use my story and use it for the good of others? There's Perfect. obviously so you know, much more to go into. Oh, there is. <laughs> and, 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 and I, I recognize there's more and we've talked about it. Uh, but just that thread. And, and I'm, I, I like the way that you actually kind of wove uh, the idea here of uh, moving the, the, the transformation from an inward you know, me focus, an egoistic me focus to one that's you know, in service of life. And when we think about the soul of business, uh, when we think about leaders being effective, um, for me, the purpose of business, and if listeners of the show have heard me say this before, uh, the purpose of business is not to make a profit. And if you think that's the purpose of business, you're listening to the wrong show. Uh, the purpose of, you know, you, you need to have a profit if you're going to be around, but that's not the purpose. Right. The purpose of business is to uplift the experience of being alive on this planet. Whether yeah. you're a rock, a tree, or a human being, the purpose of business is to uplift the life of anything on this planet. And if you're doing that well, you're gonna be making money. And that's an other focus. You know, I was struck, you know, I came across this quote from uh, Pope Francis. Rivers don't drink their own water. Trees don't eat their own fruit. The sun doesn't shine on itself. The flowers don't spread their fragrance for themselves. Living for others is a rule of nature. Yeah. And that, I mean, when you're on a platform speaking, to your point, if I'm thinking about me, yeah. I'm missing the opportunity to impact in the way that I can impact because my, my soul is being blocked at that point in time. My soul is being blocked by my ego. Yeah. And when you're talking, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very struck by the title here, Speak With No Fear. How do you get people to move away from a natural predisposition of being judged, which is fear-inducing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways. One is just even to really think through the, the audience that you're speaking to and really get to become empathetic towards them. I know that sometimes in corporate world, this becomes a little bit more difficult because you're thinking, and, and I lived in the corporate world, I was doing that. <laughs> but what so much of your job directly influences their quality of life. So if yeah. your report can be helpful to them, if your presentation can be instructive towards them, if your team meeting cannot waste time, that's improving their quality of life. We work 40 to 60 hours a week in the corporate world, if not more sometimes, that's more time at work than any place else. So in the time that you're taking up their space communicating, if you can think through, not how does this reflect on me, but how does this add value to others? So one way to simply reduce fear is really becoming empathetic towards the people you're speaking to. One of the strategies is it's not about you. And that's one of the ways to act on that strategy. Another way to act on that strategy is to get to know the people that you're speaking to. Now, sometimes you already know them very well, but what I, what I encourage people to do and several of the CEOs I work with, they used to just come in right on the dot or right before or right after and do a flyby. Here it is. This is what you need to know. And let's go. 
because they're action oriented, right? I mean, these are people who have done incredible things, men and women who have reached incredible heights of success. And so I've encouraged them, can you just slow it down? Get there early, shake some hands, talk to some people, realize that there's a story behind the numbers. Realize that, that the people in your room right there, even in this moment, even in the work of the business life, I know you might go play golf with them later, but just pause right there and take some time to interact with that person. And so what I love to do when I'm doing speaking engagements is I love it. And it doesn't always work, but I love to just meet four to five people and interact with them and get to know who they are. And so that I get to speak to those people instead of just making it about me and seeing what they're going to be thinking about me. You know, I love that. Um, you're speaking about, you know, the French word rapport um, mm -hmm. literally means connection. And yeah. that's essentially what you're doing when you're, you can't communicate unless you've connected. Right. I mean, you, you can, you can make noise. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. if you're, if you're looking to work out common meaning, and I like the way that you talk about is, is this adding value? Um, purpose of communication, any communication is to produce a result. So right. before I open my mouth, if I can just pause and reflect, I'm about to say something for the sake of what? Mm -hmm. Okay. And right. that, I mean, just that little check for the sake of what is, is one way that I have found that actually allows me to you know, check in. Yeah. yeah. Who's, who's speaking here and what's the, what's the, uh, what's the kernel of truth that I want to have imparted? And how do we, right. you know, then how do I go about doing that more elegantly? Right. I wrote a follow-up book to speak with no fear and I called it right to speak. And it was about how to create presentations in a simple repeatable pattern. And it starts out with actually four questions. Well, it's actually three questions repeated for a total of four times. Why am I saying this? Is there a reason for this? Because sometimes we don't have a why. The why is because it's on my calendar. And that's not a mm -hmm. great one. Even, <laughs> even coming into this meeting right here, I had a why. Why do I want to meet with Blaine? I know there's people that are part of this audience that, that he's connected with. And I could put a different spin on some of that to, to increase their soulful business. And so I thought through that why. And often our whys are tied to production, doing something or getting something done. And, and that's not awful, but it's not very convincing. If, if you're a politician or you're a clergy, you're thinking through something that's deeper. You're thinking through the soul of the nation or you're thinking through the soul of people. And so you're very, you're very convinced that your message is important. And what if in corporate America, corporate world, we started thinking through, I got a why that this is important. My team needs to know this because, and they got a bigger why. Also, if the why wasn't very good, I think we'd have less meetings. But then it goes into what, what do I want to get across? And then the, the third one is who, who am I speaking to? And really diving into who is it? And so you and I talked about who are your audience members when we originally talked and, and thinking through, okay, if I'm connecting to this group of people, how do I say what I'm going to say? And it might be different than if I was speaking to a different group of people, or it would be different. So yeah. thinking through your audience first, who are they? What are their hopes and aspirations and dreams? And even to the point where you name them and come up with avatars of, of who your audience is. Yeah. You know, you personalize it at that point in time. And 
Yeah, this is part of the mastery process, masterful communication. Uh, again, I kind of go back to the point I made earlier that most people are accidental in the way that they uh, approach communication. You know, they've right. done just enough to get by uh, and they can get by in social situations. But the kind of work that we're doing, the kind of work that leaders do requires a very dedicated approach. If you want to be an effective leader, you have to, you mean, literally, you have to be a masterful communicator. Now, you're not going to get it right all the time. That's obvious. But uh, uh, being willing to step back a little bit, and as Mike is saying here, uh, just kind of begin to parse the audience. You know, what message is going to land most effectively? Where are we going to, you know, what do we need to do? How do we need to position this? That's how we keep ourselves connected to the soul of anything, is when we are actually paying attention to the connections and the right. quality of those connections. So Mike, where can people find out about what you're up to and where can they get more information about uh, yeah, how to do this more effectively? Yeah, I would love that. So if you type in Mike Acker, A-C-K-E-R, it will take you right to Google or Amazon and you'll see my books and you'll see me at the top of the page. So I lead two companies, but the one that we're really focusing on here is leadership and communication. And we do coaching programs and I do coaching and leadership workshops all with that goal of helping people realize the potential. Now, I really believe that. I really believe that, that there's so much potential in all of us and improving our leadership and improving our communication not only helps us realize our potential, but it makes us better. So it helps people realize their potential. When we get better with the goal of making others better, it's a win-win situation. Beautiful. Okay. My guest today has been Mike Acker. Mike, I want to thank you so much. And again, <laughs> the, the background story on this, we, uh, we've been uh, kind of wrestling uh, with time constraints and all kinds of other stuff here uh, to get, uh, get ourselves together. And I'm just delighted that we were able to put this together. Um, you have brought a ton to the show and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Blaine. Great being on the show with you. Thank you. You're listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. And again, I am your host, Blaine Bartlett. You can find out more about what I'm up to uh, at blainebartlett.com. And uh, I'm going to invite you just uh, to go to that site. You can pick up a, um, a free ebook there, um, Tapping into the Soul of Business. And all you need to do is just leave your name and an email address, and we will send you uh, a copy of that book. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy uh, kind of discovering what it means to tap into the soul of business. And until next time, have a good week and we'll look forward to having you back on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.